The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports NFL Podcast. I'm Will Vincent. I'm your host, joined by Brady Quinn and Lazy Aduzabal. We are going to get dirty out of the gate with some bird talk. Maybe some bird ball talk. Dirty right right now? Bird talk. We're getting dirty with the dirty bird. That, Arthur Smith got the dress. Just let me. Well? <laughs> I, I scripted an intro. Let me read it. That's <laughs> Arthur Smith got the dreaded vote of confidence with his Falcons fresh off a humbling and humiliating loss in the 2-12 Panthers. They feature one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see. We will, Brady, much to your surprise, read between the lines today. And uh, we'll also have some fun, some festive fun with an NFL-themed version of Naughty or Nice. But first, how are we doing, fellas? What's up? Oh, man. That was a great intro, Will. Amazing intro. Thank you. I'm trying to we, trying to elevate this podcast. The obvious for the, the What's that? Go ahead, What's the obvious, Brady? What's the obvious? Well, a couple things. For those who can't see us, all right, uh, you have a nice new hairdo. We got to compliment Lejay on that. Mm. I think, yeah, I think we should. Good. I like it. Mm. How long have you had it for now, now Lejay? Uh, two days. But less than a week. Okay. <laughs> And then, yeah, obviously less than a week. Um, and then mm. Will's in Sin City, which we're not really sure why he's in Sin City. Want to explain <laughs> yourself, Will? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I'm actually, uh, yeah, I'm doing some some gambling in Sin City, obviously. <laughs> so you're, so you're there holidays. You're in any professional capacity. I'm celebrating Jesus' birthday where he was born in Las Vegas, obviously. In the, de- in the desert. Oh was goodness. Jesus not born in the desert, Brady? Was he not? Goodness gracious. Sure, there's a major if my mother's a retired somewhere. Presbyterian minister, I can make these jokes. It's sort of like it's sort of like Tim Watley and and the uh, and the dentist jokes. Like I'm I'm grandfathered in by virtue of my mother. My mother did the work to save her children, so we're sort of allowed to push the edge a little bit, and then hopefully she's going to save us a spot up there. Once <laughs> you can, we're done, you can Brady, a you're a Catholic line stepper. Yeah, a habitual line stepper, Brady. You're a Catholic, <laughs> so you're screwed anyway. You're going straight to hell. Um, oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> this took a turn. <laughs> what, what, what may Will Ferrell say? Wait, well, dude, that escalated you know quickly. Happen today? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that. Expect, this was not yeah, on. The and rundown. also, we. Yeah, well, and what's also not on the rundown is I got to hear Deuce's opinion on the whole like Jets are out of the playoffs. Yeah, Rogers isn't coming back. No, no, we got that. We we built that into well, the rundown. Yeah, actually, it's, it's built we built in. it in late. We built it in oh, late. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Um, sorry, I missed that part. We'll get. I'm we'll curious. Get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, 
Hey, Brady and Deuce, do you guys have any good signing day stories? Today's National Signing Day. Um, if you're mm. if you're not watching the if, if, check out 247's full-time coverage of signing day, but don't do it right now. Like watch the pod. <laughs> like don't leave the pod for that. But it's a, right. it's a, a lot of good coverage. Go do you guys have any good signing look. day stories? Uh, mine. I don't know if it was good. I mean, it was a great day, right? I had my family, everybody. We did our signing in the library. I think there was oh, three classic. of us on our high school team that signed to play college football. One was my good friend John Forbes. He signed to the Naval Academy. Uh, my guy Rue signed again in university. So it was, and then I signed to UCF at the time. So um, the thing about my school was interesting. It was a new school. So my sophomore year was the first year that the school had ever been in existence. Oh, so wow. I was the first Division One A player to sign. Oh, that's pretty school. awesome. So that was pretty cool. Are you um, in the Hall of Fame? I actually am. They retired my jersey awesome. in high school. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean that was that was a cool you know aspect of it, right? To be able to have my family, my grandmother, she passed not too long after that. For her to be able to be there for my signing was amazing as well, because uh, I didn't know if she would be able to do that, and she was able to be in the the place. So yeah, I mean. If you look at look back at it, it was a really cool day for me and my family to be the first kid at that school to ever sign a Division One A scholarship. That's incredible. That's it really cool. is. Um, but mine's not. Mine's probably Brady. Typical Brady, for, I bet you did something. I bet you did something with a hat. I bet you had a bunch of hats out there. So we did a magic show. No, you did we, not. Uh, you had a magic show out of a hat. We were pulling out. We knew we do the little thing. We pull out <laughs> which one we're going <laughs> to. Right. Oh it, my god! These I mean, it was this time in life for like you. Are you joking? It was like secret ward. I stick, I stuck my head and tried a, a live tiger. I just put my head right. Out. I was like, ah, he's not going to do it. Not going to LSU. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was anything like that. Um, what what we did was all, my my class of guys, uh, all all buddies, all grew up together. We we all signed like, kind of together, and that was that was cool. That was like a really neat thing, I think. For, yeah. Look for a lot of the parents and everyone else. It's an awesome day. It's the beginning of a journey, uh, hopefully for some, if they have aspirations of playing professionally. And then other sports, too. I had a buddy who's, um, who, who went played lacrosse, who went and played soccer. Um, and I, I feel like one of my buddies, he he played another sport. And I'm not going to say which, but I feel like he really wanted to be up there with us. So he like had a very, very small scholarship, like – might have just paid for books, but like he was up there. He got to sign too. That's still dope, cool. though. You know, dope. I was like, hey, man, it might be like a $500 gift card a, a semester, but like, hey, we got it. You know, <laughs> he's up there. He's, he's going to I, I, I like to think that, you know, we talked about Jesus. I like to think that God decided not to make me a, uh, a professional, not uh, gift me the, the athletic qualities of a professional football player, knowing that. If I were in high school and, and had the ability to like like have a big event <laughs> I would have made such an ass of out of myself. <laughs> well, you can do that now, but yeah, of course. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I do that currently. I definitely would have done it then. All right, I, well, let's dive I don't in. You'd be a Division One athlete, especially considering like you're like a beard model now. You know, you've got yeah. like all those advertisements for like the different types of grooming and shaving and trimming <laughs> and all that stuff. Not opposed to those, not opposed to doing those advertisements and using those products for paid promotion here on the podcast. Right. So uh by all means, man manscaped <laughs> or whatever else. You want to clean this, you want to clean, you wanna you wanna trim this this fur ball up, by all means do it. Head to toe. I could go head to toe if I had to. That's that's a yeah. fact. Pretty disgusting. I don't want that. I don't think anyone wants yeah. that. Nobody, yeah. nobody wants that. No. Nah. All right. 
You know what nobody else wants? Arthur Blank running this. I mean, Arthur Smith, excuse me, running this offense uh, in, in, in Atlanta where B. John Robinson has become an afterthought. Let's play a little game of read between the lines of the Brady Quinn special. Shout out. You'll, you'll appreciate producer Harry in just a second. We're going to start in Atlanta where Arthur Blank, Falcons owner, came out and said, let the season play out and go from there. When asked about Arthur Smith's job security, Brady Quinn, read between the lines. All right, I'm going to draw the line right between when he says, let the season play out, line. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that Quinn's drawn in this case. He's basically saying, you guys lost to the Panthers. All right, they're the worst team in the NFL. I don't know how you could do it, even though – and I don't know, Leger, if you feel this way, but it is a divisional matchup. Like, those are games where, like, I don't care how You're bad it is in the yeah. NFL. When you play a divisional team, they know you. Their roster is built to try to beat you, combat you. Like, that's that's how it works. Correct. And so, I don't. I know it was a bad loss. And offensively, you know, the whole Bijan thing is a little odd. I'm not sure how much is on Arthur Smith versus the player, what's going on behind the scenes. All I can say is it sounds like Arthur Blank wants to obviously see how they perform the next three weeks. Because if they win the next three and you go nine and eight, who knows? Maybe they're in the playoffs. Maybe they're not. Maybe they get in, yeah. But but it's improvement from this previous two seven and ten seasons. Correct. I think the question becomes more in my mind, we all know what the pink elephant in the room is. And that's the fact that, you know, they went with Ritter this year. I don't know if that was Arthur Smith's decision or not, but that's what they're missing. They are a quarterback away, whether it would have been Watson had they got him there or Lamar Jackson last Lamar year when they Jackson. had the opportunity, it didn't yeah. seem like they wanted to make a move. That's where I'm wondering, like, well, who's that really on? Is that on Arthur Smith? Is that on the front office? Is that on Arthur Blank? Like, who ultimately is that on for not being more proactive and at least trying to put in an offer for Lamar Jackson and force the Baltimore Ravens to match it? Like, you had the opportunity to do so. And as an owner, like, I don't know if he was a part of that process or not. And so that's where really more and more I'm, I know we're reading between the lines where it sounds like, hey, better yeah. win these three games, you're out. But I also think there's a much more nuanced conversation here. I mean, in regards to that, Brady, I actually vividly remember, I think, Arthur Blank coming out. And it was so weird, right, during that time when the Ravens decided to hit Lamar with that tag. The, the Falcons were one of the first few teams to come out and say, we're not interested. And I think everybody mm-hmm. was just like, how can you not be interested in Lamar Jackson, former MVP? When you look at what Arthur Smith has done in the run game, like you put Lamar on that team, B. John Robinson probably has 1,500 yards rushing this year, right? It's and, and then when you talk about Brady going back to Desmond Ritter, right? Because it's been a quarterback carousel where they go Heineke, Ritter, back to Heineke. Like, and Brady, you know this. When you do that, you're essentially just trying to find a spark in between the season. Right. You, you don't really feel like you have a solid guy that you can really build the offense around. So to me, when you look at Arthur Smith, and I said this in the beginning of the year, I think me and B-Mac were doing a, a segment, and he, he thought – you know, Pitts was going to have a breakout year. And I was like, I don't trust that Arthur Smith can draw plays up for Kyle Pitts because he hasn't done it to this point. And when you look at this year, Kyle Pitts still has struggled to get the ball effectively in that offense, which I don't understand how you have a six foot four unicorn that's 230 pounds at tight end that can catch anything that you don't, you're having a hard time getting him the ball. Then you double down and get B. John Robinson and you're struggling getting him the ball. So, to your point, Brady, right, when you look at those first couple words from Arthur Blank saying, we'll let the you know season play out, usually as a coach, 
you want that voice of confidence, right? In that last couple of weeks where the coach says, you know, we're going to give him one more opportunity. But when you lose to the Panthers, like you said, even though it is a divisional game and they are so bad, I think Arthur Blank sits back and looks looks at the talent on his team and just realizes that, that Arthur Smith is not getting the best out of the current players on this roster. Would not be surprised if this is the end of the Arthur Smith era and the Falcons. And I'm going to double down. I don't like to say anybody's going to lose their job. But I don't see Arthur Smith being the coach after this year. I think you could have made the case. I mean, obviously, Frank Wright got fired. So you really only need three more. But, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if any of the NFC South teams fired their it's head coach this offseason and moved right? on. Yeah. I mean, so like, and it's a week-to-week proposition on who has the best job security. Before last week, what? you would have said Arthur Smith because they get to yeah. go to Carolina, play a terrible <laughs> Panthers team. You think you win that game. And – I think a couple of factors in here too. If you're if you're Arthur Blank, one, there's no way that there aren't. I mean, I assume like these owners have side texts where they're like laughing about David Tepper and the disaster he's created. If you're in the NFC South, like if I'm Arthur Blank, I'm texting I'm texting uh, the 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 Glazers and Gail Benson, being like L M A O. Um, Dave Tepper did it again. This division is a cakewalk. Like that's a, like this team's gonna be terrible for years, and then you go and lose to that team, give them their second win. <laughs> and, and I think part of it too is you look at the draft capital that they've spent, the fourth overall pick three years ago on Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Justin Fields was available. Uh, Michael Parsons is available and Kyle Pitts is awesome, but like Patrick Sertan, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jamar oh. Chase. I mean, Rashawn Slater. I'm not saying that they like desperately need all these guys, but that just players that were available. Then Drake London with the eighth overall pick. Now yeah. there wasn't a quarterback there that you want. Drake London's been good. It's just like, you're not really using him the way that you should. And then again, with the eighth overall pick, Bijan Robinson and you know, Bijan has flashed at times, but Jameer Gibbs has had a better rookie season. Uh, yeah. Jalen Carter has been a dominant defensive player. And I'm not saying that Bijan was a bad pick. It's just like you spent three top eight picks on wide receiver, on a tight end, a wide receiver, and a running back, and your offense stinks. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think that's the issue, right? When you look at it, and to me, it's not a personnel issue, it's a coaching issue. Yeah. And the funny thing is, you brought up a really good point, Will, right? When you talk about the owners maybe in the NFC South texting each other. I've heard rumors that Todd Bowles is on the hot seat, which sure baffles me, right? Because Brady, nobody gave this team a chance at all to be in the position that they're in. And if they go ahead and win Sunday, I believe they got the Jacksonville Jaguars, if I'm not mistaken, at home. Like they're gonna be in the front front seat to win that division right so talking about potentially firing a coach who just lost the goat at quarterback you bring in baker mayfield and the fact that they're even competitive right he should keep his job for another year just because of that right and then dealing with devin white on the defensive side where he's been disgruntled they had to make him a healthy scratch because he didn't want to split time with another linebacker this past week like for bowls to keep that team together and for baker mayfield to go into green bay and have a perfect passer rating like Talking about firing bowls, he should be up for coach of the year because of what oh, he's yeah. done in Tampa Bay. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous. And I think when you also talk about what David Tepper has done, Brady, you mentioned this a few weeks ago. As a owner, you don't want to be in that position where you look like you, you're running a circus, right? Because we talked about it. It could be up to eight you know, head coaching jobs available, but you better be for damn sure where, where you're going to go with that head coaching job. Because, like I said, it's a carousel. You don't want to keep hiring the same guys, and you end up being yeah. in a worse position than you currently are in right now. 
I think yeah. that's the difficulty too that I have with a lot of the um, turnover rate right now for head coaches in the NFL is you, you're looking at the guys. Oh, I'm gonna fire him. It's like, well, hold on a second. Like, if I was an NFL owner, if I was a general manager that was in charge of hiring my next head coach, I would write out a list of qualities and things that I'm looking for, and I'd say like, this is what we need. This is where I feel like we need to get to. These are the qualities that I'm looking for in a leader. And I'd go down and I'd, and I'd make that decision based on the interview process and everything else that we do. Once I hire that coach, okay, obviously I want to work hand in hand and try to give him every opportunity to be the coach that we're hoping he'll be, that he wants to be, that our team, that our players are hoping he'll be, right? But when adversity strikes, mm. I'm not going to rip up that paper and throw it away. Yeah. I'm going to go back and look at it and remind myself, all right, why did I hire this coach? All right. Is he falling in line with the things I thought he would be? Is he falling in line with my impressions of him as far as what he said he was and what he actually is? There's all those things. Because I think too often times they listen to the outside noise narrative, guys like Will Brinson. You know, you just want to fire the coaches. <laughs> and I think they don't realize, like, they're part of the problem with their decision-making process of hiring the guys they hire. Because, like, unless there's a guy out there that you know for sure is the guy that you want and, you know, fits within exactly what you're looking for or a number of candidates, right? And you know how to address that. You're going to fire a guy and you're going to be sitting there going, all right, now we're going back through this process again of finding that, yeah. the next hot name, the next hot guy. I mean, honestly, like, how many are there? There's two names right now. It's Ben Johnson and it's Dan Quinn. Those are the only two that you look at and say they've done a tremendous job schematically, defensively, and offensively on each side of it. And you feel pretty confident that those two are going to be the next two that whoever ends up getting hired, they'll be. Falcons can't really hire Dan Quinn either. So. Uh, yeah, because he's already he's already there. <laughs> so, so again, going back to that point though, like if you're Arthur Blank, I, I would be sitting there saying, "All right, like let's be more of a patient here." The selling yeah. point for the Falcons to me isn't, "Hey, we fired we fired our coach. We have a new coach. We're going to be great next year." You know, we got a top ten pick because that's a problem too. They're drafting tenth. If the draft was today, they're drafting 10th. They're not drafting 5th. They're 10th, yeah. Maybe it won't. And so the problem is you're not going to get the top quarterback in this draft class. You're probably not going to get the second quarterback in this draft class. Probably the third. You may not get the third. Like, like, hey, if if the Bears stay where they are, I'd call them up. Give me Justin Fields. Hometown Mm, kid. Like, Like, if you don't like him, we like him. Like, we'll be able to bring him on. We'll do something with that. So I I just – I know you guys are being hard on Arthur Smith as far as what he's doing schematically. I don't know. Like the players I've talked to that have played for him, they really liked him. They thought yeah, he was yeah. a good offensive mind, super I sharp. I agree with that. And so I, that's the one thing I'm like, I just, I just preach, preach patience because I don't think the roster is quite where it needs to be. And let's just see how they finish out the rest of the season. I don't think they're going to get the nine and eight, but if they get the eight and nine, it still is improving, whatever you want to say. And they get the right guy back there, and whatever you want to tag him as a game changer. Uh, game manager, manager, I don't care what you want to call yeah. him, but I, the right guy back there, I think, can make all the difference in the world for this team for this offense moving forward. Yeah, and, and I think too. I mean, the other thing is, you know, like college coach, this college cycle in terms of the hiring and firing, there's going to be a lot of there's a lot of big name programs that are going to be looking for coaches. Well, there's going to be somewhere between eight and twelve NFL teams looking to hire a head coach. You no got to be a like. Not 12. No, I think eight is the There's sweet, already three. The spot. <laughs> yeah, but I could say five more. I don't think you're gonna I don't think you're gonna fire. And anybody. honestly, from everything I've heard, I think Robert Sala and his staff are, are gonna be safe unless things just fall off the rails. That's that's a year away, right? But I'm, I'm just saying, have, I'm just saying there's, there's some changes, right? There, there's yeah. there's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of head coach openings out there this year. We already have three and, and, and I've not even safe, by the way. 
Yeah, he should so. be. It's crazy that people even brought him up because people were saying what Will was saying. Like, we could see four new coaches in the NFC South. I'm like, why is Bowles in this conversation? It's ridiculous. It's guys like Will, crazy Billy Brinson. <laughs> All right. Crazy moving, moving along. <laughs> from, guys along. Like, from guys like me. <laughs> guys like you, Brady. You're the type of guy that hits on uh, 17. That's what you do. Get out of town. I have not. Oh, my Pete, God. Pete Carroll. No, Please don't do that I, while you're I play, in no, no, no. I, play, I play by the rules when it comes to blackjack. I'm a good blackjack player. Great does, table. I what the dealer's showing. But. I'm a great table energy guy, too. Oh, I bet you, so. Yeah. I, I, I bet you're dynamic at a craft table. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! We get a crap. We get a hot craft table. We are we are rolling. Um, we're not. We, you know who we don't let at our blackjack and craft tables? Dudes like George Pickens. Oh yeah! Perfect segue. No effort from George Pickens. <laughs> he came out and um, there's a there's a there's a clip Man. out there. You can see it. He basically jumps over the, the defender who then tackles Jalen Warren and prevents him from scoring on Saturday's uh, afternoon game between the Colts and the Steelers. George Pickens comes out and says later, I was just trying to prevent the Tank Dell situation. I ain't want to get an injury. Dudes, read between the lines. Well, first of all, I want to give a shout out to our guy, Harry, the producer for these, what up, these graphics. graphics. Yes. These are some amazing graphics. Uh, Brady, you know this. We always have a saying in the locker room on the field, right? When you play yeah. not to get injured, that's usually when you get injured. Now, again, the Tank Dell situation was a... It happens on the on the on football field when you're playing hard, you're blocking somebody, and the ball carrier kind of goes into your leg. It's tough, but if you're George Pickens, when you start looking for that, first of all, you're not playing full speed, and usually when you're not playing full speed, the percentages of you getting hurt go up, right? So, like, if you're saying like I didn't want the Tank Dale situation, so every time it's a run play, what are you just gonna run to the sideline and not block at all? You potentially could get your running back hurt by doing something like that. So. I, I just I just think to me like should choose his words wi uh, wisely. I understand you being healthy is gonna benefit you. It's gonna help you, you know, secure all your dreams, pay for your family and everything. But also, when you play not to get hurt, is usually when you get hurt. So like go out there and play full speed, man. Usually, if you're doing everything full speed, got the right knee bend, it doesn't guarantee you're not gonna get hurt. But the percentages kind of go up. So like I understand where he's coming from. But when you play not to get injured, that's when you usually get injured. What's interesting about that is, look, it's a real concern for every wide receiver. I see this at the yeah. college football level for guys who are, like, going to be a surefire first-round top 10, yeah. top five pick. Like You, you see that sometimes. Um, and that's at multiple positions, okay? It, it's a tough it's a tough predicament to be in as a player because, to Leger's point, you know, you, you obviously want to be out there giving your best for all your teammates and what else you're doing. Um, there are times when there's guys who like are kind of hopping out of the way, making business decisions to protect themselves. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, for players, they understand it. Fans probably can't. But, you know, in that the, the odd thing for me with Pickens is there's times where I see him bully dudes at the line of scrimmage. That's, that, yeah. that's what, that's that's what doesn't make any sense is I'm like, huh, <laughs> in the red zone of all places, like go up there and like bully that dude. Like usually exactly. he gets pretty aggressive. He tries to like smash a guy. So, I thought it was out of character. I, I don't know. Maybe he was worried about the injury portion. It almost looked like down in that portion of the red zone, he kind of ran to like run a takeoff, like run a go route, get an outside release, and then it was like, all right, but like didn't <clears throat> didn't expect the you know didn't expect was a one. I think to, to, to yeah. get that four down field. Yeah. And so, like, I, I'll say this: I don't see that a ton on from him on film. Um, so it, it was a little out of out of sorts of character in that regard, but. 
he's just speaking the truth. And and it's mm. it's a tough reality for some people to hear. Uh, and I'll say this as a quarterback. It's like, trust me, whether it's Mitchell Trubisky or Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett, if he comes back, none of those guys want George Pickett to get hurt either. So not <laughs> right. saying you want your running back to get hit, but you also don't want that guy out of the game either for the rest of the season. Yeah. Did you uh, did you block like did you block like Drew Locke as a quarterback or did you block like Peyton Manning? Um, probably more like Drew Locke. Uh, yeah, because hey, like, if you like Manning's Manning, like no one's gonna mess with him at the last scrimmage. <laughs> but you're not Manning, dude. Like, <laughs> you're gonna be worried about dudes trying to get up in your grill. Oh yeah, like, you, we you used to love like, quarterbacks. I wanted to get out in front of block. Yeah, yeah. free shot. Yeah, you gotta. Absolutely. I, mean, I don't know if you're um, getting out of blocks. You're like backside cut off on a reverse, oh, or if you're out front of something else. But I'm saying, like, if you're on, standing out there, like Wildcat, like you may have to defend yourself. Someone wants to get a little chippy, try to jam you or something. So. On the Pickens thing, I th I thought that watching the play, even in the replay, if I were him, I would have come out and said I was worried I might get penalized for a block in the back because I think it was like the guy, the defender was kind of like it. He would have had to really kind of. I feel like turn like himself him a out. little bit to, yeah. and, and, and I mean that, 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 but like the jump over him, I mean, the, the one concern I have here is that there was some buzz over the last couple of weeks and you know, you can go back to when a team's winning, you don't hear this stuff. When a team's losing, you do, Correct. but that there were, I think the quote was that, and this may like beat reporters old, especially older, you know, you know, you know, it ain't coming from the players, right? But that they're worried that they might have two Antonio Browns on the team. It's like, well, if you have two Antonio Browns, you've got two Hall of Fame wide receivers. You just have two. Wide receivers tend to be divas. That's a problem. But if I think they're worried about Deontay Johnson and George Pickens being those diva wide receivers, I don't know what it is about Pittsburgh that sort of brings out these colorful personalities at the skill position. Um but I guess that would be a concern. But but yeah, like you don't see this. Pickens is kind of a dog. Like I don't know, man. I I I think it's. I, I really think it's, thought he thought the play maybe was over. Was I mean at that point, you know, it was kind of odd. But again, only he. Also but that's why up. it's so weird that he would cite Tank Dell too. Where like Tank right. Dell was lined up as a like a like a blocker on a on a on a crash play down low. It, the whole thing was just bizarre. All right. That is okay. That is, oh no, one more read between the lines. The easy one. After hinting, after making it all about him for the entire season. Wow. My God. Do you, do you, like, I mean, I know he might have been trying to motivate his team or whatever, but <laughs> my man, my man Aaron Rodgers likes attention. That is just facts only. It was unrealistic to think that I would be 100% to be medically cleared at any point during the regular season. Aaron Rodgers two days after the Jets were eliminated from playoff contention on returning from his Achilles injury, Brady read between the lines. Uh, I think this is one that's pretty straightforward. Though. There's not yeah, much to read between the lines. Um, but if there's anyone who pumped up the potential of Aaron Rodgers coming back, I think it was Robert Sala. Was it not? Like, <laughs> yes. I, mean, I was like, dude, like what, what are we doing? Like, he, honestly, he looks he normal. Like, he looks, looks normal out there. <laughs> well, and even after the fact that he's like, man, he worked his hardest to be able to come back. And I was like, yeah, we know. Like, we don't. Like, he has his own press conference things on the Pat McAfee show. Every Tuesday. Yeah. Don't know that we need other people speaking for Aaron Rodgers. Like, just listen to Aaron Rodgers and what he says. So, I, I, I it's, it's funny. Like, if there was ever – and there's times, too, where I feel like Aaron Rodgers almost had to um, address things that, like, Robert Sala said that maybe took things out of context or portrayed things a certain way. And um, 
it was just it's just weird sometimes. Like I know Robert Saul's the head coach has to stand up there and answer those questions, but there's also times where it's, I feel like he kind of stoked those flames of the comeback. And look, maybe it would have been different had uh, had had they still in the, in the in the playoff hunt. Although that offensive line, the way they played last week versus exactly. the Dolphins, man, <laughs> like you'd be putting him a major risk for not not re tearing his Achilles, but some other injury. Yeah. And I said this, I never thought this was going to happen. It was far-fetched. I think what Aaron Rodgers has done to this point is something we've never seen, Brady. Like a guy to be able to take drop steps uh, and throw the football just months after tearing an Achilles has never been done before on an NFL film. So kudos to Aaron Rodgers for, for pushing his rehab and subsequently trying to get back. But it just never made sense because of what you said, Brady. And that's because the offensive line has been bad for the Jets. Like, People forget the week before when Zach Wilson probably had his best career game versus Texans. A lot of that was Zach Wilson getting out of the pocket, right, because he was running for his life and playing off-platform football. Well, if Aaron well, Rodgers has to stay the in the pocket because he doesn't have the, the mobility, like, does it make sense for him to come back if he can't protect himself? Because he wasn't going to get protection from the offensive line. So you talked about it, Brady. Maybe not, you know, there isn't a injury factor in maybe retiring his Achilles, but there's – also an injury factor, maybe him hurting something else if he goes out there behind that offensive line. So Zach Wilson got concussed Sunday after like two snaps because of this offensive line. You really were going to put a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers behind this line where he doesn't have his mobility that he's accustomed to having? Just never made sense to me. I think this was, I don't want to say a ploy, but it was something to for the the, the Jets defense to, to, to cling and hold on to, right? So they can continue to go out there and lay it on the line with, the hopes that maybe if they're still in it in week 17 or 18, Aaron Rodgers could come back. Um, they could write this Disney story, you know, make a movie out of it. But I just never saw it happening because we just, one, we've never seen it before. Even with Cam Akers, right? A lot younger than uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. He did it in the summer before training camp and was able to come back, I think, like week 17 of the season um, a few years ago when the Rams went on that run to win the Super Bowl. But again, a lot younger than Brady when he did it and when he came back. So I just I just never saw it happening. But again, kudos to um, Aaron Rodgers in regards to doing the unthinkable, right? Because for him to Making be the entire the football. About him, like, even when he only yeah. played four snaps. <laughs> <laughs> look at Will Hayden, Brady. Look at, look at Will Hayden, Brady. The Jets fully invited that. Like they, they oh, yeah. Yep. There's no doubt. up. No, this I mean, like, it is. His 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 his, his, his recovery is very impressive for real. Like I mean, it is yeah, it's, it's very impressive. It's ridiculous what he's he didn't make it back, but it's very impressive. This could be a blessing in disguise, though, in the sense of like Rodgers will get an entire offseason now. Yes, to work with everyone. This yes. is going to be an offense that's better suited to protect him, to provide him what he needs, to utilize him at this point in time in his career. Like it's torn Achilles. Like you're not going to ever sit there and say it's a good thing from that perspective. But I think. What we saw when he wasn't there was how, like, how this roster still had a number of holes. Yeah. And the defense is great. They can run the football at times. But now I think we get to a point where he gets an entire offseason where he gets to work with these guys. He, and then this offense is going to be set with players that I think are better there to support him. So, top again, 10 pick you can use on an offensive line, too. What's yeah. that? You have a top yeah. 10 pick, more than likely you can use on an offensive lineman, too, which is, yeah, a, and, that's and, what and potentially to. trading for Devontae Adams. Ooh, there's yeah, that story, yeah. right? Yeah. So right. there's so many things on the horizon that could be really good for the Jets in the future. Let's take a break. It's holiday season. Jesus's birthday. Roger Goodell's City. triple header. Which one matters more? Who's to say? 
Roger Goodell maybe being a little naughty when it comes to the scheduling. <laughs> He's jamming it in Jesus' face. Hey, Jesus, oh my God. I'm just kidding. It's, it's a bit. It's funny. <laughs> um, you don't have to podcast after the 8 p.m. game on Christmas night, but Reverend Ann is going to be furious. Football's not family, not in this household. I'm just kidding. Mom supports, mom supports my life. My lifestyle, <laughs> my, my livelihood, I guess. Who's getting candy? Who's getting coal? We'll tell you coming up next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brady, are you going to the bowl game? No, I can't make it to the bowl game. Come on. For the record, uh, that's a that's referring to, of course, the CBS Sports aired. Oh, yeah. If you're listening, watching. (laughs) No, no, yeah, yeah. Just um, if if you're not watching, by the way, you should watch. It's it's highly entertaining. I actually love our commercials, especially it's like like the parent, like we got a oh, we got a Christmas Day slime game too, right? On CBS. Yeah. Yeah. I believe Nate Burleson is calling that game. Yeah. Nate Burleson, man. I mean, he does I'm doing it. He's on CBS <laughs> this morning, like every yep. day. He's on it. Uh, anywho, let's play naughty or nice. That time of year, as 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 my son Robbie said, it's December now, Dad. I have to be nice. Like, dude, you're nice all year round. <laughs> And you should continue to be nice all year round, but great job doing it in December. It's time for Santa to make his list and check it twice. I'm reading this. Is, I didn't write this, but we got two of our own elves here, Brady <laughs> and Deuce. <laughs> so let's see, Nick, whether the NFL has been naughty or nice this year, I'll go down the list and you guys tell me whether these teams, players, and other NFL personnel or hangers on. Can I start off with a group that you probably don't have in this list? Yes, absolutely. Officials. Oh, naughty. We should have definitely started off with this. Look at look at producer Harry. He was ready. (laughs) Harry said, don't even worry about it, Brady. I'll give you the answer. (laughs) Yeah. This has been you know what's weird about this officiating this year in officiating, though? It has been so clearly terrible. But I think, like, I think it jumped the shark for me this year. I used to spend a lot of time complaining about the officials, especially when it came to the fact that we now have legalized gambling. You were having outcomes determined by the three bl- three blind mice carrying around chains. Just like, oh, sure. although I, like sometimes it's like incredibly accurate with those. It, it's it's wild, like million dollar million dollar swings on these like very um, extremely subjective calls. Man. You know, the pass interference at the end of the, the Chiefs-Packers game. It feels like it's been so egregious this year that I don't even have, like, can't even muster the energy to be that mad about it. But I, I agree, it's been it's been bad. And I think the NFL really does a disservice to its fans and to the product itself in the way that they blindly defend and go about defending these refs instead of just assisting them by giving them more, like, transparent replay. Yeah, I think that's the thing that's the most concerning, right, is that the NFL, like you said, will have come out and, like, 
and support. And I, and I guess from a business standpoint, like what else can you do? Right. Um, one, they need to make these guys full time Two, I know they've talked about the replays. Um, you know, each coach used to have a challenge for a call. They were talking about how to slow the game down, but I feel like with all the penalties they're calling now, it's slowing the game down anyway. So why not get it right? Right. Why not take the time to actually get the calls right? And I think the biggest thing with fans and, and players and coaches um, together is that, right, too many subjective calls, right? There needs to be some black and white in regards to the rules and certain calls, right? And like the Kadarius Tony one, that was a clear foul. He was offside. To me, that's not a subjective call. But too many of these, you know, um, illegal contact penalties or PI penalties or non-PI penalties, it's too, too much subjectiveness to it in regards to the ref not being consistent on how they're calling each and every game. I think that there was consistency Nobody would trip, right? If it was going to be a petty foul that every ref was calling, then I think we, I think everybody would be mad. But they'd be like, "Well, it's this has been consistent. We all know what we're going to get this game, right?" But it's just, it's literally been like a roller coaster, Brady and Will, up and down. Like one week they'll call it, the next week they don't call it. I just think everybody wants consistency in the calls, and if you're going to call something, make sure it's blatant. Like, don't call something that again that is subjective. Make sure it's a blatant call, especially at the end of games. Now, I know that's not supposed to have a determining factor for when a ref calls it, but it's just right. like you, the last thing you want on Monday morning is for people to talk about, man, did you see the ref blow that game? Like, let the players decide who wins and loses the game. Now, again, I know Patrick Mahomes uh, heated earlier this year. That wasn't a subjective call. Like, Darius Tony was clearly yeah. offside. That <laughs> needed to be called. But anything as far as, like, you know, while the live bullets are going, that is subjective. I think there needs to be a black and white in regards to the new uh, to the rule book in regards to refs actually calling things. I mean, the hard part about that is there's always going to be subjectivity to things, yeah, right? Human element. <laughs> there's a, well, there's a human element, but even with replay, like I think one of the issues that most fans and maybe you guys relate to this or not is when you watch something slowed down in slow mo on replay, our sense of timing for what it's we different. think. Yeah. You know, however you want to describe a football move, what have you, or even the amount of time a defender has to alter his body before he hits a guy in a legal manner. Correct. All of that is altered because now we see in slow mo, we're like, oh my gosh, like he had plenty of time, or it looks like a catch. Well, yeah, yeah. time frame it does, but that's not how the game's officiated. You know, the NFL and really all sports, you know, they are victim of their own success in regards. Yeah. How successful they've been at, you know, getting TV networks to continue to push the envelope of how much better our, our viewing is, right? Like we now at home, in most cases, have a better 360 degree view of the yeah. game officials, and because of that, we now have a platforms to voice our opinions and our displeasure, and because of that, it puts more scrutiny under the officials. Now, by and large, the officials do a good job. They probably 90% of the time get calls right or non-calls right. There's that 10% that tends to be exposed. And, Leger, as you point out, like the inconsistencies I think are going to exist because there's a human element. Every crew is different. And no different than, you know, those this list of emphases that or you know, emphasis to certain, you know, penalties, whatever it may be, whether it's defense holding or, or offsides this year they've talked about. Yeah. Every group's going to then implement that in a different way, right? Yeah. Like – if our boss tells all three of us something, you know, Will will literally leave this podcast right now to go do it. He'll forget exactly what he's doing because he's a company man like that. Absolutely. Or me and Shea might be like, all right, after we're done with the pod, we'll, we'll go do what we're asked to do. 
Oh, oh, also former professional done. professional athletes. <laughs> I'm like, sure thing, boss. What you need? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go do it right now. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, I'd love to duck I'll, a, I'll, a, a double bucket of slime on my head. I, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a little secret too, dudes. I used to get this is back when Port used to be here. I used yeah. to try to uh to like so text ridiculous. Port, tell Will that he needs to cut his hair. Just to see how Will would react about it. Then we joke about it afterwards. And Paul would text me like, you need to get a haircut. I'd be like, no problem, boss. And then like the next day, I'd be having a haircut. <laughs> yes, sir. I'll, I'll run over there. Yep. <laughs> it's a contract here. Absolutely. Right on. It, only because that's how you can mess with Will like that. But my, my point is this. Each official takes those points of emphasis and probably the guidance given from the NFL a lot different, right? Like some are yeah. like, all right, like this is what they want. This is what I need to give them. So if it's borderline, I'm going to call it. Some are like, well, no, it has to be definitive in my right. line, right? And and the only issue I've got with the Kadarius Tony penalty, because I think we'd all agree, like, yeah, he was offsides, right? Yeah. Is usually there's a warning before that. Like Andy Reid pointed out, and I'm not making an excuse for them. I'm just saying from experience, like even for holding, like typically they'll like warning, like, don't do that again, or don't you do, do it that, again. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like they'll usually tell them that they'll say, like, yeah. hey, don't do that again, or even like for a hard count. Like if you start bobbing too much, or like really the secret is like you try to. Like it, what I would try to do if I was going to use a count where I knew we weren't going to try to draw them off sides, I put my hands underneath center, but I dropped them lower because I wanted the D line to see my hands move. And I was yeah, going to try to see if I could draw them yeah. off side that way. And the problem is sometimes those officials would see it. And yeah. so they would come back and be like, hey, don't do that again if you're going to do a hard count. Um, and, and you obviously couldn't do it if you were actually going to run a cadence or maybe we're going to snap the football. But there's little secrets like that that you try to like kind of you know sneak and, and get those those defensive sure. linemen because they're because they're looking for that stuff. So oh, for sure, um, you know that's the problem is the officiating they've been naughty. And as far as the fixes, <laughs> there's there's probably some things you could do. Uh, but unfortunately, they're going to get a lump of coal this year for Christmas. Well, and, and, look, and look like television. I was I've been. Um, I've been rewatching 24. You remember Jack Bauer, obviously. Of course, oh, yeah. And like, beep, uh, beep, beep. It's, it's not not great. And you're like, okay, you know what? Maybe, no, maybe like it was fine with the commercials. Like it goes commercial, but it's like back to back to back. But the like the quality is just terrible. You know, it's like SD, and it made me think back because I remember when it came out. I remember where I was living in Raleigh. With like you know, we had we had some roommates, you know, young out, out of college, theoretically out of college. Um, and you've got you know, like we got this like big box TV, like that's what we watch football games on. Like you know, you, you guys are probably playing in the NFL then, and or like you know, and like it, the quality was terrible, like terrible. And it is the the like the technological advancements over the last fifteen years, officiating has been it's been difficult to keep up with. But let's move on. Brady mentioned uh, the um, the hard count stuff. So let's yeah. go with this one. Let's go through some. some yeah, of these ones kind of here fast. we go. Jason Kelsey caught moving the ball forward several <laughs> inches before the brotherly shove. Naughty or nice? Uh, uh, naughty, but he. Every center does this, and they do yeah, it by the way. New. Every play, if they can, until someone points it out. Okay, yeah. I think Kelsey Tommy, even said this. Said this uh, at, in the press conference. He was like, "I just, I got to be better. I know I can't do that." But it's like to, to Brady's point, like. They've been doing that since what football started. Like, so that's nothing new. I think Brady, if you if you watch it in slow mo, he moves it up a little bit, but then he tries to get a little bit more. I think if he doesn't do <laughs> it too much, yeah, I think he gets away with it. Yeah. This is sports, like we're all out there trying to push the limits of what will be allowed and what won't be allowed. Like, dudes, I'm sure it happens with you between oh, yeah. what an offensive lineman is trying to do and what you're doing as a defensive lineman, right? 
Correct. Like, that's that's the whole point of it. That's sports. Like you're trying to win, and in order habitual to win, habitual line crossers. Yeah, <laughs> like that, literal, that, literal like, habitual line crossers. Everyone wants to hear about the locker room. Everyone wants to hear about what goes on in games. Like the reality is, like yeah, everyone's pushing the envelope, jumping across yeah. the line, whatever it is, because they want to win. And like, there's a nastiness to that, and it's not going to look good from people on the outside who've never been in that arena. But like, that's the reality to it. So. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff goes on all the time. Like, sure. there's countless things that people do. Like, what is what is Pete Briscoe? What did Pete Briscoe say he did at the bottom of the pile in in high school? He would try to make sure that young men could no longer have kids yeah, by kids. how he did. Like, I'd, grab so him by that, I'd grab him by that and I twist. And you're like, yeah. what the? What is wrong with you? He would act like he's picking grapes. You know? He, yeah, yeah. I remember there was a one time when the ref set the ball down. I kind of moved it back half 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 a yard on my foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to push the envelope. Tommy Cutlets pushed the envelope with his uh, cash flow. Tommy Cutlets DeVito doubled his price to appear at a pizza shop after success with the Giants from $10,000 to $20,000. But then after a kerfluffle ensued, thanks Darren Ravel, Cutlets showed up unpaid to the pizza shop and made sodas with the owner. Naughty, nice, both. Is Mike was, Florio? Mike Florio. Mike, Mike Florio got um. What's the thing that happens when the when Twitter users like were like reported as false? It, like they yeah. got the community guidelines listed below oh, a PFT wow. tweet. <laughs> yeah, be the last time. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say nice uh, because if, if you if you dive into this. It was more so his agent that trumped up the prices after DeVito had another big win, right? Uh, Tommy DeVito since then is is a hired new marketing agency, right? And his current agent is just going to do football related things, right? He's not going to do his off the field marketing anymore. So I thought it was dope by Tommy DeVito. He was supposed to make ten thousand, then his agent tried to trump it up to twenty because he was hot. And you know how it is, Brady. People try to strike while the iron is hot. Uh, but DeVito decide, you know what? I'm going to do this unpaid, do the right thing. And he's also come out and said he's tired of everybody using, you know, this DeVito Linsanity type thing. He just wants to play football right now. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, here's yeah. the problem. That's one thing to say, but, like, he's kind of leaned into it, too, a little bit. Oh, so 100%. <laughs> he's for sure on the nice list. I, he handled this as good as you could have, considering how things went. And this is the hard part about, you know, players when you hi hire out representation is they're a representation of you. Yep. And oftentimes how they conduct themselves in business represents how you conduct yourself in business. So that's the tough part. And honestly, like I don't blame his agent for trying to get more money if they're trying to do an more appearance. Cash. <laughs> the problem with it is it sounded like they had a verbal agreement. Correct. And I don't care if we want to get in the weeds legally, if it's binding or not, don't care. Once you give a guy your word, all right, and then you come back later and like, oh, we're doubling it. Like that's, that's where it's beside the point. Like he's Precisely. trying to make money for his client. That's okay. Like, 10,000 bucks for an appearance for the New York Giants starting quarterback right now. That's that's probably the market rate, if not more. The reality is, though, you can't go back on a verbal agreement with someone, especially small business like that. It's just, it's just a yeah. bad look. So yeah. I was glad Tommy decided you know, to show up anyway, not get paid for it. Sounds like they're doing something for charity, too, in the future, which is awesome. You know, using this kind of negative to be a positive. And then, you know, publicly changed up his representation, which is another huge step. Like, hey, man. Telling your agent, like, you need to stop doing this. Like, you can't represent me in that way anymore. You cross that line. I'm not willing to do it again. Yeah, so you, let's have you, do, else. you be an agent. I'm going to get a marketing rep that's that needs yeah. to be and separated. This really went from, like, him looking like a guy who's trying to capitalize on something, take advantage, 
to now looking like, hey, man, this is just a young guy trying to do it right. And and right. so good for him. He's on the nice list. But, I don't, again, I don't blame his agent either. <laughs> I just blame the manner in which he kind of handled it because that's what your agent's supposed to do. He's supposed to try to get you as much money as he possibly can because this window of fame right now, we don't know if it's the next few weeks or if it's going to be for years. Could so be you got to kind of pass that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel came out and gave his players so like there's a lot of chatter about the Dolphins not beating anybody good. And McDaniel said, I told my players, and I'm going to tell you guys, you can tell the media this week, F off with all due respect. But he's like, all due respect, F off, <laughs> which I like. I mean, like, I love Mike McDaniel. Everybody loves Mike McDaniel. Um, I'm going to say that this is both naughty and nice. No, you can't Ooh. hedge. I'll say this is a read between the lines. <laughs> I like that. Oh, Harry, nice work. Harry, I see you, Harry. Um, Jingle bells, jingle bells. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think? Naughty or nice here? It's just naughty. I say it. It's naughty just because. Yes, it is an F bomb. Is, is it a lie though? <laughs> like, like Brady, is it a lie? Like, have they beat anybody with a winning record? No, no. That's why this like, game's so big, though, it, right? But is it though? Because if you look at the Cowboys on the road, they've been putrid. Like to me, it's next it's, week's it's, game, it's a fraud off is what it yeah, is. Yeah, to me, next week, next week's game versus the Ravens on the road that lets me know what this Miami Dolphins team truly is, right? Going on the road because. If they don't get the number one seed, they're probably going to have to go to Baltimore. Dudes, they, dudes, they might, dudes, if they lose out, they can miss the playoffs. No, they can't. I don't think that. Well, yeah, they could. No, they, they could. can't. It's really unrealistic. It's, it's unrealistic for them to lose like, out, That's something though. you writers like talk about. Dude, if like, they lose to the Cowboys and lose to the Ravens and are 0-5 and the Bills against are teams with a winning record to, to and run. then lose to the Bills and lose the division, it's, it's just a bad look. <laughs> It's a bad look, but they still yeah. could probably make the playoffs as a 10-win yeah. team. Like, the thing is, I think if they, they win this week, they're in the playoffs. No they, well, yeah, yeah. They can they can even lose and get in the playoffs. I'm just saying that, look, the, the Dolphins are an uh, – they're a fun team. Take a side, Will. Are they naughty or nice? Not, <laughs> no, naughty. Now I'm against – now I'm not naughty. All right. I'm not naughty. The Dolphins are naughty. Um, little lady, young lady. Pop superstar Taylor Swift <laughs> starts dating Travis Kelsey and has turned an entire new market onto Swift football Jets. while simultaneously cussing a bunch in the um what is it? What a weird tweet that is. Um yeah, I, I videotaped her. I I I, I, did, I I videotaped the TV. Her, she's like dropping f bombs every well, which way. She's got like, in that box now. That's sweet. I mean, someone said she might be naughty for uh, hooking up with Travis Kelsey, whatever they're doing. Oh, <laughs> could be. They're well, both in fantastic shape. Who said nice? Nah, I think well, it's naughty. I, I'm, I'm going to say nice in in perspective of the NFL because it's a whole new demographic that the NFL is getting with Taylor Swift and the Swifties coming on board, right? Um, you're gonna you're gonna have more you know wives that stay at home that are gonna lock lock in and want to watch football games because Travis Kelsey's dating Taylor Swift, right? And you get a whole nother group of young teenage girls that are gonna want to watch football now too because of Taylor Swift. You guys hear that too? <laughs> That's did that come through? I thought I, thought I muted it on the thing. It's um, oh, I, I, it may I there it may be an, an emergency an emergency thing about having this hotel. So let's speed this up and we'll uh, we'll we'll get to. Uh, I agree there. Taylor Swift. Um, 
I think I think nice. I like the Taylor Swift storyline. I like the fact that it's a part of the NFL. I think we'll look back on the 2023 season and say that was the Taylor Swift season. There's backup quarterbacks at Taylor Swift. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Thursday night football between the Rams and the Saints. 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 Nice. Rams. A little naughty. Trying to spoil the NFC playoff picture. We'll tell you about it next. I honestly thought, for those if you're listening to the podcast, I'm in a hotel room. I thought that it was going to be like a could the man, could the gentleman broadcasting about naughty and nice please stop? You're disturbing the other guest on the redacted floor. He did not. Anyway, there could be there could be like a loud emergency noise at some point without me knowing it. So be prepared if that happens. I apologize. We'll get, dive quickly into the Thursday night football game. Uh, before we do that, though, week one of the Dues v Brady. Fantasy football. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot about this. Yeah. May I have your attention? Oh, oh that's loud. <laughs> what is going on in I mean, You realize, Will, we can't take it over, so you're going to have to be able to finish this segment despite the interruption. All right? <laughs> finish strong, finish, Will. Will, you can't. You got you to work through it. You got to play through it, buddy. You got to work through it. You're man. yelling about a fire alarm adversity. in the building. You're fine. Yeah, we there call, we go. Okay. This is Will, adversity, Will. How can you push through it? <laughs> this is a disaster. Push through it, Will. Let's go. Who won last week? All right. Deuce smoked you by 100 points. Tell me about Thursday Night Football, Brady. What? I didn't even fall. You keep track. Why was it so bad? Hey, man. I'm a fantasy champion in the CBS League. The man. 49ers. He stacked the 49ers. <laughs> oh, that's true. They did dominate. Uh, I, got, I got them in my picks, though. All right. Let's talk a little Thursday Night Football. Uh, Deuce, I don't know how you feel about this, but kind of elimination game for probably both one of these teams. Probably both of these teams. New Orleans, yeah. a shot, I think we just say, for the division, uh, for yeah. the Rams as a wild card team. But short week, Rams at home. Uh, right now, the number I'm seeing is they're only four points. This is a game where I, I just I love where the Rams have gotten to this season. Uh, Stafford's played well with Kyron Williams back. They're balanced offensively, Man. defensively. It's a young group, but – They've really kind of rallied around Aaron Donald as their leader and just how well they've been able to play. Uh, the question I have and concern I have, because I like the Rams in this spot laying the points. The number feels a little bloated. I think it should be closer to two it and a half, three. Correct. But I just I don't know if I can trust Derek Carr and the Saints, their passing attack on the road, <laughs> to combat what I think Stafford and this passing offense, really McVay schematically can do. Man. The only exception is if the Saints can get pressure like they did last week versus the Giants. Now, I think the Rams offense lines play better. I don't Way think it's seven sacks this week, but I, I'm going to lay the points of the Rams a little reluctant, uh, but I think there's an extreme advantage for the short week home field teams this, this time of year. Yeah. Brady, uh, by, by, by the way, just to, sorry, I was just going to, now I think they're done testing that. Apologies for that. Um, <laughs> just to, to Dues had uh, 210.9 points last week with a zero from Isaiah And Pacheco. I had a guy that had zero. <laughs> yeah, that is a monster fantasy score. Brady's not the, quite this there. This is why I'm the CBS champion in our league. 122 points for Brady. Also had a zero from Tyreek Hill, of course. Um, A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson kind of laid duds. Debo, Laporta, St. Brown went ballistic. Purdy had 33. CMC had 41. The Niners had 13. Um I mean, really, like Brady. I think you like kind of put up a good score. Dudes just, dudes just went nuclear. But a lot of weeks left. Uh, Tyreek you saying, that, hurt. that hurt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I had sure. a guy that had zero too, though. Did nobody take Kyron Williams? No, I don't think so. Wow, interesting. Um, anyway, dudes, you were saying Thursday night football. Well, 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 technically, I don't think the Rams were actually seated in the playoffs yet, though, right? 
Yeah, you're right. No, Packers, but, yeah, Packers, that's why we couldn't shoot them. Yeah. So uh, get, getting back to this game, right, Brady, when oh, you look at this game, I, I'm with you. The way that Sean – I actually was just watching film on the Rams before we got on the spot. The way that Sean McVay uh, scheme, schemes things up is just ridiculous, right? A lot of pre-snap motion, a lot of three-by-one sets. But they have a physical element that isn't talked about enough. And your guy from Notre Dame, Kyron Williams, when he's been in the lineup healthy, I mean, if you look at – the last five games, he's rushed for at least 85 yards in each one of those games. And four of the five, he's, re- he's rushed for over 110 yards, right? And the, the thing about the Rams, they've done a really good job in the draft, even though they haven't had first-round picks. Like, when you look at Puka Nakua, over 1,100 yards, Steve Avila at left guard has, has brought a physical element inside to them at the guard position. Then guys like um, Byron Young on the edge with six sacks, right? You, you look at Kobe Turner, who's had five and a half, who's been a real – Nice piece next to Aaron Donald on the inside. I guarantee most fans probably couldn't even name you five people on this defense, but Raheem Morris has done a really good job of scheming things up on the defensive side. And you look at the Saints, right? The last two weeks have been get-right games for them, right? Who did they play? The Giants or the the Panthers? Yeah, Yeah. so, like, to your point, Brady, I I think it's fool's gold, right? Like, Derek Carr is coming off one of his best statistical games of the year where he had three touchdowns and completed 82% of his passes. But again, he was playing the Giants, and then the week before that, he played the the Panthers. So, I just like the way this Ram team, this Rams team, is playing. I think they're gonna they're gonna have a good shot to make it into the playoffs. And nobody would have said that before this game. I know four points, four and a half points, is a high number. But I just think you know, at home, even though the, the LA fan base can be fickle, I like the Rams to cover that just because I don't have a lot of faith in that Saints offense and the consistency of it. And then the other point I was talking about with Kyron Williams. The Saints have struggled stopping the run, right? They, they've given up four and a half yards per carry, over 126 yards on the ground a game. I think Kyron Williams on a short week, you know this, Brady, teams that can run the ball and are healthiest usually have a advantage in short week games. Yeah, I think um, I think let's make it a clean clean sweep. I like the Rams too. One of my best bets of the week. The the Saints are kind of fraudulent. They can't push the ball down the field. Play. They really didn't even blow out. They the score says they blew out the Panthers and the Giants. They didn't really. They, yeah, they, they were close to the score. Dog crap teams hang around. L.A. is a really good team, much better than people think. And Matthew Stafford, I believe my bold prediction that he will get one MVP vote. Will come to true. Really? He is playing some because you got to be top five in the top five on one guy's ballot. Pete Prisco, please. He's playing some really good football. <laughs> I think the Rams take care of business. Blow out the Saints. That'll do it for Ooh, us. Blow out, blow out the Saints. Double digit win. I'm gonna yeah. Maybe back get downstairs and lay some cash in the, in the Rams. This is not on CBS. Just kidding. Uh, for Brady, <laughs> for Dudes, I'm Brenton. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Turn on alerts. Get notifications when we go live. See you guys later.